Can people be spiritual without being religious? Welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure produced by clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. And I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor. And I'm Anthony Alegria. In this video, we're going to answer some questions. We're going to play Hot Night or Sanctified with one, and then we're going to give some responses to some proposals, thoughts, questions, and comments that people have sent us, and hopefully we'll help move you towards moral certainty in a world which is often complex with a lot of confusing things out there. So Anthony, what is first up in our list? All right, so um, Hot Night or Sanctified. In the next 10 years, we will see more people wanting to be spiritual rather than religious. Man, I'll let you go first. Um, I think um, the statement is is true, I guess. I'm not sure it's something I would... I, I kind of don't want to say hot just because I don't think it's as a hot spiritual um, uh, example that I want to, to follow. But I do think that's a, it's a real observation of the way our world is moving. And I would even say we're kind of already there or we've been there. But we're definitely moving to that more and more. And I, I think it comes from because of a myriad of reasons. But predominantly, I think people have become so disillusioned with organized religion that they've pulled back. But they've also pulled back and see the destruction of having no kind of um, transcendent um, anything. And so they still want that transcendent power, I guess would be a good generic word for it. Um, they still want something to guide their life, um, but they're, they're again, they still don't want to go all the way back to kind of that organized religion. And so they go into this idea of spiritualism. Um, and that spirituality, I think, is more than just um, kind of a new age Wiccan thing. Like when I, I think spiritual could even imply, I think there's Christians who would rather be spiritual rather than religious. Um, and that can be fleshed out very differently depending on which generation, which uh, uh, cultural or any kind of, you could parse that down to very small groups of people um, and see what they mean by that. And it differs from individual to individual, definitely. Um, but I'm just saying, I think though there is this movement away from quote unquote religion into spirituality. And I will say this, I'm going to say hot to this. Not because I think that it's positive theological statement by itself, but it's it's along the correct vein. And we thank you for sending us this. I think actually this has been going on for a while. And I think it's a, I'm going to add some complexity to what Amanda says, because I think the large masses of people may be rejecting that organized religion, but there's a small pocket of people, a smaller group of people who do have conviction and looking for a solid belief system. And they're trying to figure out how to have organized religion but they haven't really yet figured out how to do that. And this is one of the places where a lot of times churches and even churches like where I'm at, which is in a, a church that's been around for quite some time. It's seen a lot of different generations come through its doors. The building has looked quite different throughout the years. I know where Amanda's at, I think y'all celebrated a hundred years. Mm -hmm. Things have looked different. Oh, yeah. And for places that have been like our churches that have been around for a while, of course, they're ultimately Jesus Christ churches, but the places where we get to pastor and shepherd people, the numbers right now are not the peak where they've been in the past. And generally speaking, for a lot of churches, this is true. Unless you're an, an anomaly or you're like a mega church and like an urban center, a lot of times things do look smaller. I don't think it's so much because people have and by and large rejected the gospel as much as with new technology, people have outsourced the shallowness. The people who may have not wanted a deep faith, those people, they're now looking to other belief systems like just fulfilling your identity. This is a culture movement, not so much a, and this is, it's, again, it's complex. I'm <laughs> y'all forgive me for, for parsing some words here. Um, 
Back to the original statement. I do think you're going to see people go back towards organized religion, but I think the larger movement is saying we want to have our belief system found in my identity. What do I look like? I want to have government be my new belief system. And if if government has the right people and policies, I can get to utopia and stuff like that, which is always really silly to think about. Um, I think those are where a lot of people are taking their spirituality, even though they may not be conscious of that. And while people who have a mindset that's been throughout history that have really wanted a deep faith, I think those people are still going to be looking for organized religion and trying to find ways of having revival. But I think the cultural trend is to look past that. And I'm getting the signal to move on. <laughs> Man, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. Anthony's going to get upset with us. <laughs> no, um, no, I just, I think, again, and we're going to see this in our churches, even though people are, a large majority of people are moving outside of a quote unquote church. But even in our churches, there there is this desire to see something a little bit different than what's in the past. And then in other places, people are wanting to return to some very ancient ways of, of yeah. understanding church. And so as ministers of the gospel, we have to be aware of those things. And that doesn't mean we change with the times or maybe we do. We have to apply God's wisdom to those situations, decide what is the appropriate response. Yeah. Um, but I think there's, there's this, always there's this desire in human beings for something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Um, but we are seeing this trend to find that something bigger definitely outside of where they would have found it traditionally. And I think that was and, your point. Yeah, that's my point. People are finding that something outside. And ultimately, it's not God that they're looking to. Right. And so it falls short. And then it leaves people in a really chaotic place. You know, you get this whole idea that there's the will to power. Instead of finding meaning from God, a lot of people find meaning in other things. Again, I see this movement in our culture where instead of valuing people and valuing life, saying, we're created in the image of God. That spark of the divine in us is valuable and we're inherently valued because we are God's creation. People now say, well, how much money do you have? What people group do you look like? Uh, how many people that look like you have been to college? How much political power do you have? And that's how they want to measure people's worth from like the existential sense, which is just ridiculous. That There's, there's no long-term sustainable meaning in that. You have to go back to the very beginning when God speaks us into existence and God creates humanity and gives them purpose, that is the only meaning that's going to be ultimately viable for people. But yet people who are shallow, a lot of times I think they're finding that fulfillment other way. And and we as, as the church, we've got to, you know, dig our our, our roots down deep and say we're we're going to, to be here. We're going to be stable. Anthony, what do we have next? The world tells us to be tolerant of everything. But at some point people realize we can't tolerate everything. Some things are just against Christianity and want to destroy it. People are going to start to push back. All right, so this is more of a statement than a hot, not a sanctified. So I guess we'll just respond to that. And again, and this even leads to some of the conversation we had before we were going live on the show. There are a lot of people who are really frustrated with where the culture is at. And the best way to deal with a culture that says tolerate I mean, this is what they were doing back in, in ancient Rome. This is nothing new. You know, they've been telling the people of God, you know, burn the incense. Go over there, just sacrifice a little bit. One has to have their moral center centered around Jesus Christ. That has to be the standard we have for, for good and and not good. We have to, to have that there. If we, we want to actually deal with the real evils and tragedies and sufferings and chaoses of the world, then our moral center has to be centered around Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people, their their intuition, and I think their, their little spidey sense they have going on that tells them that something is against Christianity, I think they're right. Historically speaking, 
Um, the world is opposed to Christianity. That's nothing new. Um, but we can't forget that America, it's, it's not the kingdom of heaven. Um, it, it is something which is unique throughout the course of human history. A lot of good things have happened here. We've got to eradicate a lot of evils. I mean, it's, again, it's not the kingdom of heaven. It's not this wonderful <laughs> utopia. People who say that it is heaven, they have, I feel like they're wildly um, underselling heaven. <laughs> um, people who do that. But at the same time, we have to, in order for us to push back, we have to first be rooted in the gospel. And I'll, I'll hand that over to Amanda. No, I, I think that's exactly where we need to start because a lot of times I can see some things in our world that's definitely changed and we can sh see this, I guess, shift in power is the right way to uh, um, talk about it. And we can see how the world interacts with Christianity differently here in the U.S. Um, but we need to be careful. Um, obviously, this shift is not something as bad as, say, in China or... Um, in some places in the Middle East where you get beheaded because you're a Christian. Uh, so obviously things may be different and I hesitate to say worse, but let's just go with different um, than they were maybe 50, 60, 100 years ago. Um, and so I think we just have to be careful because I think sometimes, and, and technology has allowed us to communicate so much faster and quicker. And it's almost like because we can post something in three seconds, that's about as long as we take to think about what yeah. we're posting. Um, and I think we need to pull back and be like, okay, listen, there are hills to die on. There are things to fight for. And I mean to death fight for, viciously fight for. Um, but we have to make sure the things we're fighting for are actually eternal things. Yeah, and, and I think this is where a lot of people they start to want to to sort of equate worldly governments with mm -hmm. like kingdom of god government and that that always it falls apart it falls apart and and if you are, are thinking well if if we can just you know pull the right political strings utopia will come that that always comes back to bite you in the end mm -hmm. um whenever you start to invest in things of of non-eternal value that happens so I, I think that's a good statement to leave that on amanda you you pointing out some things have eternal value and, and that's what you should be investing in. Anthony, what do we have next? I think we just have one more. Our next item for you to respond to. <laughs> if you were in a meeting with Trump, what would you tell him? And, and again, this is actually basically the last um, same conversation we've been having for a while now. I know a lot of people that get really excited, they get really angry at Trump. If you're in the category that it makes you really, really mad or really, really bad, mad or bad, <laughs> If it's, if it's at the top of your morality one way or another, then you made him out to be an idol. And mm -hmm. this happens, people do this, it's not new with Trump. People have been getting overworked up about presidents for a long time. Um, don't turn people into idols. I think I'm past the point of being shocked by anything. If I were to meet Trump, I think I would say the same thing that I say to the rest of my congregation. I try to move people towards <laughs> Christ-likeness. I think the, the Reverend John... Um, Harper there on the, the Titanic as it's going down, telling people to to know Jesus Christ and be saved. That's a good sermon for all of humanity. Yeah. The one thing that's going to matter at the end of the day is what does your relationship with Christ look like? Furthermore, how have you been transformed more and more to Christ-likeness? And that's not unique to someone just because of the position they have in society um, at all. So that's well, kind of my thought on that. Yeah, I, I think... I don't even know for sure. I'm also very socially awkward when it comes to meeting people, especially new people. So I'm just sure my brain would just short circuit and I'd just be like, hi. Um, and, and that may be it. But I do think like to your point, like 
I think that's a great place to start. Um, but he is someone who does have a, a molecule of power, even if it's sometimes, and I don't mean him particularly, but presidencies in general, governments in general, it's, it's also an illusion of power because, I mean, God ultimately has power. They will pass. Yeah, they will pass. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> it will happen. Um, and it's okay. Yeah. We, we don't have to, I think, uh, grieve that too terribly. But I think then, I think for him and for anyone with any kind of power illusioned or not, is to say, you know, be saved, but also use what power you have to actually um, do good in the world. And the metric for good is not yourself. It right. is Christ. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, and again, love him or hate him. And whether it's him or President Obama or whoever's going to be president yeah, next, the, the gospel message is the same. And I think for the church in general, our gospel message will be our gospel message, um, whether or not the United States stands as it is or whether it crumbles and falls. And that, I love that because so many people want to to treat the gospel differently based on how much they like or dislike the people around them. And I think that that always is a bad thing to do. I mean, let's just be completely candid here. Um, the gospel is the same no matter who you are. And, and even when people do have that molecule, they've got that element of power with them, you should not modify the gospel according to that. And there are so many people who want to do that. And not only are they short selling the gospel, but also you're you're short selling everything. You're 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 giving up everything. It's just a really silly thing in my opinion. Yeah. And and I think that's why I think because Trump is such a polarizing character, we want to have this extreme response. And even when I first saw this question, I was just like, oh, why do yeah. I have to even respond to this? Like, I can't even get my brain to, like, put a full sentence together. Um, but I, I think, like, again, we, we have that kind of momentary, um, purely emotional response that just goes, what? And then we step back and we go, wait, what actually yeah, yeah. is the appropriate response? And we don't put that initial response on Facebook. Yes. Um, <laughs> and again, yes, yeah, some people that get really excited, they're like, oh, yes, it's like I finally met the Lord and Savior. And other people are like, no, it's like I met it's Satan like Satan incarnate, yeah. And really, the most honest response we should have is being like, well, you, the gospel doesn't change. It is eternal. Um it's not the center of my morality. Uh, let's let's not be idolaters. Anthony. I will say you guys have taken this in a really good direction, but <laughs> I just realized something about the question. And, you know, if it's it's if you were in a meeting with Trump. Oh, yeah. And it's like, hold up. Slow down. Wait a second. What's this mean about? Right. Because, like, you know, that's going to really oh, now, dictate. Now, that, what may, the nature that of actually the may change is. things. We may have been misreading this all along. Well, you know, I, what, I still what, don't think it changes, though, because if, if... I just would... Yeah, what meeting... And I guess, yeah, to your point, like, if it's a meeting, like, what is our policy of foreign affairs versus what is our policy on education, that might change the tone of the response. Well, I mean, like, um, it, like but, Trump, would you like to confess? Am I in trouble? Right. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, lawyers popping out of the background being no, like... I... Did you mm, collude with Russia? No. That, that, that actually would be... I. This is not just unique with Trump, but if... That would be nice to have, like, be the official person to take people's, like, Confession. confessions. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, and it used to have, presidents used to have yeah. that. And and I think because we've become so, I'm just going to go with weird because I can't think of a word. But because we've become so weird, and, and I think a lot of presidents recently have been more a part of larger kind of non-denominational things. It hasn't happened, but I mean, if you look back a hundred years, there was a pastor to the president. And if they were, now I think... 
I don't think many of them were Catholic. I think a lot of them in the past were, were more Protestant, but they did have someone that came and, and counseled now, them. The reason why it would be really awesome to be in that position is because if someone is willing to make confession under those terms, you know that they're probably not making them. They're 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 willing to hold themselves accountable mm-hmm. to Almighty God. And I'll I, say this much, and uh, I think that would be that would be a nice change of of. I mean, I'm not I'm not. Um, I'm not going to speak on the the condition of any one soul, any any presidents, but to see our our country as a whole, to see the general reality and the culture move in a direction that says we're actually going to be accountable to God, and you know if people are doing that, then that's really good. And and yeah. Well, I think Anthony, did you have a comment, and then I have something to say after you. I was just going to make a crack about you know uh, we got confession, clergy callers. You know I don't know if the audience can tell, but Dylan might like a couple Catholic things. <laughs> I do. They get some things wrong. They yeah. get some things right. Uh, we will see where the church goes. And again, me dressing like this isn't because like I'm like just really wanting to be Catholic. <laughs> I actually don't like it when people think I'm Catholic. But it helps people in my community. They know that I'm the pastor, and they know when I show up like this, the pastor shows up. When I go to the hospitals. People are ready to confess. I've, I've gone to visit people who are dying in the ICU. They don't even know my name a lot of times. Um, somebody will call a family member and they, they don't have a church home and they're like, I've got this relative in the hospital. They'll go visit with people and, you know, people are ready to get saved and be baptized. I don't even have to tell them who I am when I come show right. up like this. Um, they know. They know what the, the, the parameters of this conversation is about. And a lot of times people are really wanting those conversations. And that's why I was saying it would be really good for presidents and, and people general in society to be wanting to have confession. The Church of the Nazarene were really hesitant to talk about stuff like that, mostly because with entire sanctification, we, we've we kind of turned that into a Gnostic secret where there's the elect in which you're sanctified. There is no sin. You do not talk about sin. Sin <laughs> is not there. Even though also in our theology, we talk about backsliding and we talk about provenient grace and provenient grace is only a thing. God's coming before your sin if there's still the temptation to sin. And we know that people people backslide. I mean, we know that, that people do this. So in the Church of the Nazarene, we've been hesitant to talk about, you know, confessing our sins and having the minister come and, and help absolve people through it. But if our culture as a whole could say, we are recognizing our accountability to God. I mean, of course, we're all going to be ultimately accountable to God. But if we're positioning our minds, that's going to shape how the rest of our world looks. As individuals, if we recognize verbally that God is the Lord of our life, that's going to, you know, that that's going to bleed over. There's ramifications of that. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking, um, my great grandfather, uh, he was a, a pastor in a, a jail cell and his one things he did was take the last confession of people about to go to death row, whether that was by hanging or the electric chair. And I'm just thinking like, I wonder what would be more Interesting. What would be worse, <laughs> being uh, the last last confession of someone about to be hung, or the, the confession of a president? I would feel like either one. That that is a very weighty job. Um, mm. I would I would think, um, and for some very interesting reasons. I don't know, but it, anyways. I, but I think back to the kind of the question of if if we were in a meeting with Trump, or we just kind of met Trump, or he just walked in the door on Sunday. I think I would have to be like, all right, what's going on? Like, am I, are we about to be punked? Is that still a thing <laughs> um, <laughs> in 2019? But yeah, I think, um, but ultimately the reaction is, is the reaction of all people calling them to holiness. Absolutely. And again, that's the best advice we can give you. And people may have been like, what are they going to answer this question? 
don't get too worked up over it. <laughs> Again, um, Jesus Christ is the, the one human who is um, the incarnation of God. Anthony. I will say, Amanda's talking about, like, reality shows. It wouldn't be, like, you know, you're punked. It'd be, you're fired. Oh, <laughs> If yeah. it's going to be Trump. If it's going to be Trump, that's the reality show. Well, we, I <laughs> don't know. You can't fire me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's, oh, that would be hilarious. That would be funny. We could see well, that one play well, out. Well, if, if I was told I was, I would probably be like, this this has been coming for a while. <laughs> it's it's probably deserved. I don't know how they have ever let me behind um, a pulpit. <laughs> a pulpit. Like, I, I do. I got put in the pulpit when I was really young. Like, I was think I was 22, Man, something, yeah. when I first took over the, the role here at Senior Pastor, and I was like, God. At the time, I... I like all 22 year olds, you're like, yes, I God is this. really working in me. And then by the time I'm like 25, I was like, oh gosh, I've been an idiot for three years. How <laughs> in the world did God ever call someone like me? And and then I'm like closer to 30 now, and I'm I'm still in the 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 older I get, the more I realize. <laughs> I, who let I, us be in charge? There's there's always the the yes, who let me be in in charge of me. Anyways, we, we thank you for joining us. If you do have any other things you'd like to hear us talk about or even you want to hear us expand about any of these comments that we've discussed so far, please send us your thoughts. And please like, share, and subscribe our content. And God love you and have a blessed day. <laughs>